it's whenever you're listening to this and you know what that means it's time for the wrestle wolf wrestling podcast i am one of your hosts dr damien gibson thank you very much and joining me as always is the king of marks the man that when he speaks fucking neckbeards listen it is paulie t how are you my friend i'm doing great mister uh, I've got a real spring in my step because you just spoiled dynamite for me just before we went on air. <clears throat> and uh, no, I asked you to. Um, if you haven't watched dynamite yet, because it is very fresh, close your ears for the next. I mean, we'll probably talk about this for twenty minutes. I'll try and put. I'll try and put markers in the show notes to. Anyway, maybe skip forward a little bit. Uh, Jeff Hardy has debuted. And I was just about to tell you the story of how I had already had that spoilt for me by AEW's CEO, general manager, head of creative, AEW champion, Tony Khan. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was asked this question in the media call, which I was meant to go to and listen to later on my phone. Um, Look, Tony, I know you listen. I apologize I wasn't there in person. It was 5 a.m. in the morning here in Australia. It was very difficult for me to get up. Uh, at that time, even just talk to someone as illustrious as yourself. But when you said, <clears throat> I think the question was from Sportskedia maybe, uh, what's going on with Jeff Hardy, you said well, he's still got a couple more days left on his no-compete clause. Uh, so, yeah. I was <laughs> like, okay, well, that's next Dynamite. <laughs> so thanks. Um, but you haven't seen it, Paul. You've just... Read the headlines. Yeah, yeah, and I, I saw some very brief little clips, uh, but I yeah, keen to watch the actual broadcast. But uh, from what I saw, uh, Matt was voted out of the AHFO, mm-hmm. and then a brawl ensued, and uh, uh, Darby and Sting came in to defend Matt. I don't know why they're involved, but um, they did. And uh, lo and behold, after a minute or two, we hear classic Hardy Boys theme, the one that Vince doesn't own, and out comes yeah, Jeff. right. That's pretty exciting. I think that... And there were <laughs> hugs and tears. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's... <laughs> look, it's good news for everybody. I mean, it's great news for wrestling fans because we get to see the Hardy Boys... I think we should be real here. It's their last run, or maybe their last significant run. Maybe it's not. Maybe they'll go till they're seventy-five. But you would you would think that, you know this is a chance for them to have a significant run, and done at a company who care about their people and um, won't split Matt and Jeff up unless they want to do that that storyline and are into it. But also, you know who the secret beneficiary of all of this is? Andrade. Uh, right? Yeah, well, because he's not in the bloody AHMFOGIBI <laughs> stadium group anymore, you know? <laughs> well, well maybe, maybe he'll change the name and assume leadership or something. I, who knows? I don't mind Andrade having his own faction. I think that would be good. I think him, you know, not to stereotype him, but maybe him having a, a lucha or Latino faction, a triple A faction, maybe super cool. Um, I just, you know, we talked about this last week, and I don't want to go into it too much, but um, yeah, just I just don't think he's been booked well. But Jeff Hardy on AEW, we all knew it was going to happen, but doesn't make it any less exciting. Um, man, wonder how Sam Punk feels about Jeff Hardy showing up. Well, he certainly feels a lot of things very intensely, that man. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I've heard I've obviously heard all about it. Sam Punk at the Revolution Media Scrum. Post yeah, post media scrum. What what happened? He he was he was just very emotional. <laughs> and uh he, he paused many times before and after and during during questions or he, during his answers. Um he was bawling at at, at at some times and it was just it was just loving loving life and um uh you know being able to do th- like just like you said a minute ago, you know, being able to do things 
um, creatively and uh, in, in an environment where he, the, he, he and his co-workers are cared for. Mm. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. I mean, we're going to go through the revolution card uh, later on in the podcast just to kick it old school the way we used to go through. <laughs> God, remember we used to go through Raw and SmackDown match by match? Anyway, we're going to go through <laughs> we're going to go through revolution, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, but you, you know, every time they have a pay per view, uh, everyone talks about how great it is. But I, I think um, the secret source for AEW is that the performers are happy, uh, right? Undoubtedly, and have a say in their booking and how they, you know, plot the matches and um, or predetermine the matches. Sorry, please, no wrestlers beat me up. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, after seven years of just long, like wishing for Punk to come back to to wrestling, to see him as happy as he is, no one. I mean, that's the biggest for all the Twitter wars that go on between WWE and AEW stands. You just got to watch that, right? To be like, well, the conversation's over, yeah. <laughs> Surely, I um, <laughs> I took a I took a brief look at, uh, at Twitter after uh, the dynamite news and um i saw this wonderful uh, image that someone had cropped together from um or pieced together from uh screenshots of the simpsons and um it was like uh um it, it, i can't remember the words but it was something like this um uh okay uh you fed fed stands now go on go on say it and they <laughs> and the response was jeff hardy was never good anyway <laughs> yeah man what happens when roman reigns and seth rollins eventually come across to join john moxley to reform the shield with sam punk finally leading them like they were meant to in the first place what then what do they say then roman reigns wasn't good anyway he was the only wrestler you had for seven years what are you talking about what what's the I'm all, I've always been a Bron Breaker guy. Okay, uh, cool. Well, enjoy your Bron Breaker versus Brock Lesnar matches, guys. For the next 25 years. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, KO and Sammy are there for a long time. You got those guys. It's something, something, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, the we'll, we'll talk about one more WWE thing and then just move on to positives. Keith Lee did an interview. He's an obligatory <laughs> Talk is Jericho interview, uh, tell-all interview. And, the, I mean, obviously it's the piece of uh, footage that's been flying around the internet where Keith Lee talks about the mid-Raw meeting that he had with Vince where Vince chastised him about the way that he talked and said, quote, you sound too smart for your own good. I mean, Vince sounds like a character in fucking Mississippi burning here, man. Like, what? This, mm. like, there's an 80s cut for you. Look it up on IMDb uh, and you'll know what I'm insinuating. I mean, like, Yeah, the, the poor dude, uh, I remember he said uh, when, when he was recounting this, he said, uh, well, look, you know, he's thinking to himself, like, okay, uh, you're my boss, so I'll do it. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Just, and, and like, it, it is an interesting thing across all walks of life at the moment where at what point do the vast majority of the general public turn around and go, okay, enough with one person? I mean, like, how many stories have to come out about one person being a horrible human being <laughs> for everyone to just be like, no, no. Hmm. I uh, I noticed that um, they were uh, promoting the fact that they'd um, disabled the WWE network in uh, Russia. And, oh. uh, yeah, I, I I was going to reply to that, but then I realised that someone had already already beaten me to it and said, "All right, but your relationship with Saudi Arabia is just fine. All good, buddy. <laughs> All good." We don't need to worry about Russian money. We got this guy over here. He sinks billions into our company every year. That's why we look like a success because of one guy in Saudi Arabia. 
insane. I wonder what Vince's good friend Donald will think about Vince not supporting Putin's war. I'll just leave that there. There's AEW talent on New Japan Strong shows, man. What the fuck is going on? Is Tony Khan about to buy New Japan as well? What's happening? Um, I don't know. I don't know the background, but I, you know, I've, I have mentioned this a couple of times over the last few weeks that um, they, they obviously have a. Uh, he's he's quite flexible in his um, uh, contracts with, with mm. the talent, um, and uh, you know, obviously have have a good enough relationship that that where they know that okay, well, you know, if they're if they're involved in a multi month storyline, then you better not come back injured, <laughs> something yeah. like that, I guess. But um, yeah, uh, so I've I've seen I've seen uh, Mox and Kingston and 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 um, Joey Janela at um, well I haven't seen them but I've read about the fact that they've been at GCW. Hmm. No, is that yeah GCW game changer? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, um, and um, and yeah, this one that I that I mentioned to you earlier, where um, there are a few New Japan shows coming up, New Japan Strong in the states, hmm. where um, we've got Sean Davari. Um, Buddy Matthews, Mox, Mox, um, Christopher Daniels, mm. uh, and and um, and some others, uh, you know, all from the AEW roster, um, appearing in at New Japan shows. So yeah, interesting to see how how they are clearly, you know, uh, well not only do they acknowledge the fact that other promotions exist, but they work together, yeah, which is great. Yeah, um, I think the difference is that um, you know Tony is obviously a fan. He loves seeing his wrestlers, you know, go and wrestle people that he loves in New Japan, and you know, and sees the benefit of that. It's cross promotion, right? Like it just seems like such a no brainer to like. Uh, to, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's hey, great. Look, speaking of uh, Christopher Daniels, who was one of the. Um, one of the ta- AEW talent who's uh, part of the New Japan Strong Show coming up. We should include a correction segment in today's broadcast. Oh, the correction <laughs> segment. You know what? We almost had to have a correction segment for forgetting the correction segment. So, so what, um, what, what, what did we get wrong last week? Um, I, well, I was, I was talking about... Um, what uh, didn't we get wrong last week? Am yeah. I right? <laughs> I was talking about uh, uh, one of... Scorpio Sky's partners, and um, uh, in that little faction, uh, uh, Frankie Kazarian, SCU, SCU, that's the one. SoCal Uncensored, um, and uh, we named Frankie Kazarian when the person that I actually wanted to mention at the time was Christopher Daniels. Now, was that because he wrestled Brian? Danielson, no, probably that was actually afterwards because he that was just last week, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, I think we were talking about. Oh God, I can't now. I can't remember. I, th- I think I think we're actually ourselves. talking about the talent that go and work in other promotions. I think we were. Yeah, I think, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kazarian showed up in Impact for a little bit or something. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but then, yeah, I, I did. I did notice that uh, Daniels had been there now, and and there was another another little thing that we mentioned, and that was we we're talking about how. There was a um, a series of shows coming up soon with uh, AEW, and I was uh, talking about um, how how fun it would be if we would have our little little vacation to the states and goes to go to those events. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, it's coming up next week in Las Vegas, uh, but no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because as J- JR said at the beginning of the broadcast, uh, where are we, Tony? Orlando. Ah, right. Okay, so it wasn't Vegas. Yeah, that's actually in May for. All in? Yes. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, it is double all or nothing. In. Uh, all it out. is double or nothing. Shit. It is double or nothing. <laughs> of course, it's double or nothing because it's casinos and stuff. Yeah, and and um, um uh, they don't own, they can't they can't use the all in name yet because all in wasn't part of AEW. AEW hadn't existed when they did all in. Yeah. Who owns that, Cody? Well, I don't know for sure. But I think because of the Ring of Honor connections between the people who ran that pay-per-view, that there's a good chance that now that Tony 
owns Ring of Honor that he can use it. So we'll see what happens. Cool. Well, imagine what he can do when he buys New Japan. Let's just start that rumor and see what happens. With it. <laughs> um, we mentioned Cody. Do we do we talk about Cody being on Raw or about to be on Raw? Yeah, we haven't, have we? Mm-mm. No. Well, apparently Cody's going to show up on Raw on Monday night. But, you know, he was meant to show up in Saudi Arabia and he was meant to show up on Raw last week as well. So, mm, you know. But, but you, you know, Vince. Obviously, Vince, uh... these guys come from the Damian Gibson school of punditry of just saying the same thing over and over again <laughs> until it happens. <laughs> so many stories have been have come out and uh, whether or not they're real or if they've just been leaked and someone's been fed this information, who knows, but it's been bits and pieces like, oh, the relationship is uh, is very unclear and mm. their, um, their interest has fizzled and um, uh, Vince uh, uh, withdrew his earlier offer and made a lower offer, so Cody's that was, back down. Yeah. <laughs> they were all the things that I had heard until yesterday and then all of these reports sprung back up again. Interesting. It's almost like it's almost like there's story beats to this, and uh, the information's being fed to people. But anyway, well, I think what's most likely now is um, that uh, when an ROH branded product appears uh, yeah, under its new control of TK, uh, there will be there'll be some kind of Cody involvement there. I think so. I, I can't imagine. I, I yeah. Look, unless there is, you know, I mean, I feel like we've had this conversation every week. I, I there's why would they debut Cody a week before, or you know, a couple of weeks before WrestleMania? It just doesn't like. How do they? I mean, it's WWE, so they're like, yeah, we can build up a story in one week. So maybe they, maybe they will. Maybe they will, but I just like for all the re- like if you don't know all the reasons that Paul and myself have stated, go back and listen to the last four episodes of Russell Wolf because we I think we've mounted an amazing case as to why Cody would <laughs> never go back to WWE. But anyway, might might be an actual reason to tune into Raw question mark next week. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to, but you can if you want. Let me know how you go. Um. Gee, Revolution was pretty good, eh? Well, for a pay-per-view during which not a single belt changed hands, what a goddamn good show. Mm, mm, mm. Should we just go through it real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, So I was uh, very kindly invited into your home and uh, met your brother, spent the the night hanging out watching the show. Well, with you and your lovely wife and daughter were doing their own thing <laughs> let's be honest um so yeah we watched the we even watched the the pre-show because we're such dedicated journalists i at the risk of maybe sounding harsh i did not enjoy the chris statlander layla hearst match at all it felt this is probably the only match i'm going to get really stuck into it felt not put together very well it felt like the girls were missing marks. Um, the crowd weren't very hot for it. I know it's the first match on a long night, but, um, mm. you know, I mean, the, the work had been done to a point as far as the story was concerned. Like they had been pushing this story for three or four weeks, but I just got nothing from it. It's weird because I'll usually have something from AEW, but this was just. Yeah, I think yeah. with um, uh, m- m- matches like that when you've got that, one one large, one small competitor, you've got to really work hard and sell and um, and and be really tight uh, and not be sloppy on any of the any of the spots. Hmm. Unfortunately, they were very sloppy. <laughs> yeah, really sloppy. And you're right. It felt like Layla Hirsch, it, it was on her to bump like a motherfucker for Chris Statlander. That's usually the dynamic between mm. – a big and a small. Um, and I don't know whether Layla Hirsch is at that point in her career where she can do that. You know, yeah, there were, there were a couple of kickouts there that I just I was gasping at because I was just so poorly executed. Like uh, it was just pretty pretty obvious to me at the time that they were thinking, okay, well we're only 
we're only two minutes into this six minute match and I've got her down for a two count. She's not, she's supposed to kick out here. And then, um, Chris Tantliner just sort of lifted, lifted her arms up and Layla Hirsch rolled over. So it's just like, oh, okay. mm. I'm supposed to be able to believe, you know, su- <laughs> suspend disbelief and get into this. This is a bit hard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I don't think, I think, you know, criticism is warranted when, you know, like when it's there to be given, it should be given. Um, and I, just for me personally, I, I don't think Layla Hirsch has ever really done anything for me yet. And, and I would put her in the category of uh, maybe Private Party, uh, Nyla Rose a little bit, um, of people who have been pushed for a long time on AEW. Um, and I just don't think of getting over in any shape or form and either need to go back to dark or even maybe the indies to rejig things a little bit or ring of honor <laughs> or ring of honor yeah absolutely or face to heel change or heel to face change um yeah yeah need, need. i know that's super harsh but that's that was and i was a little bit like oh god we have five hours man i hope it's not this <laughs> terrible next we had hook versus qt marshall everybody knows my opinions about qt marshall <laughs> they're not good but other people I know uh, will defend him, who I respect. So, are you? What are, I don't know how you feel about QT Marshall. Uh, but you know, m- m- in the middle. <laughs> yeah, like, I get uh, upset because I feel like he's Cody's mate, and that's why he gets a gig because he's Cody's mate. Yeah, I, I, look, I honestly, I don't know a super amount of about him. Um, I know that he. Uh, trains wrestlers and and has a gym yeah. and they um <clears throat> they they he, he he helped out during the early stages of the pandemic uh and and were able able to was able the organization was able to use his gym as the studio to record dynamite when they had more mm. crowds until they eventually got to jacksonville or back to jacksonville this is all kayfabe as well by the way it's not you know i don't hate him as a dude I don't hate Layla Hirsch as a person either. This is just kayfabe. <laughs> just want to put that on the record. Uh, Hook is the coolest guy to ever wrestle, and he killed QT Marshall in a match that went a little bit longer than I thought, but eventually he used the... Um, the red his, rum. The red rum. I was going to try and remember his dad's moves name, and I just couldn't write at the vital minute. Tasmission? The Tasmission. Yes. <laughs> Red Rum's way cooler. Uh, yeah, Hook's going to be um, like a superstar, right? Like he's going to be poster boy material in 6, 12, 18 months. Uh, undoubtedly. What What is it do you think that people connect with with him? Because it's not, I mean, besides the fact that he's a handsome dude and he's Taz's son, I mean, there are intangibles there, but like, the song's cool, like his theme song's super cool. But even in the ring, there's something sort of, um, there's something about him that I can't put my finger on. It just makes him infinitely watchable. Do you have any ideas why people are going crazy for Hook? I think it's the just the the, the old, um, the idea of the you know the, the the guy in the leather jacket with the cool hair you know <laughs> who, who's just has a, has a strut about him you know yeah everybody you know wa- wants to wants to hang out with that dude or be that dude and he that's what that's what Hook presents <laughs> he's just yeah, cool true. as ice just it's like yeah cool. whatever he's so cool whatever man. yeah i'll just beat you and then walk away whatever <laughs> yeah I mean, it's kind of weird for two 40-year-old men to be fawning over a 20-year-old boy. He's so cool. You know he's cool? Hook. He's the coolest. I wish I could be as cool as Hook. But, I mean, you're right. I wish I could be, you know, he's just so fucking cool. He really is. (laughs) (laughs) He is. Uh, Next up we had, I think, I mean, there's a big statement. This is one of my favorite matches of the night. Maybe my favorite match. I really, really enjoyed it. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's not my favorite match of the night. But I love this match. The House of Black versus Pac, uh, Penta Oscura, uh, and Eric Redbeard. Oh, uh, yes. I love this match, man. It was so hard hitting. 
you got to see glimpses of all of these guys doing this in WWE. And I think, again, is what's so frustrating about watching great wrestlers on that product is you see tiny glimpses of this. And then when they come across AEW and allowed to essentially book their own matches, we get this. And it was superb. Wow. Those, um, those few minutes, or maybe it wasn't that long, but a few seconds. Uh, anyway, we're... Um uh, Eric Redbeard and Brody King were going at it. Oh, oh, those big dudes just wailing on each other was brilliant. I mean, yeah. there's a lot, lot more to it than that too. That was it was a great match, really good match, and it was it was one of probably um, like five, I think, five really superb matches uh, in the in the night of the night. Yeah, and that like I think uh, I can't remember if you said it to me or I said it to you during the during the airing of the pay per view. It was like. You know, the great thing about AEW's booking is that you just get, like, on um, pay-per-view booking especially, you get what you want as a fan. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Brody King and Eric Redbeard are in a match together. All you really want to see is for them to literally run into each other. And they did, like, 14 times in a row. <laughs> and you get exactly what you want. You want to see... Buddy Matthews and Penta slap the absolute living shit out of each other, and they do. You know, mm-hmm. you never walk away. You know, there might be times where people win, where you're like, "Oh," and we'll. Ha- I'm sure there's a couple of matches later on in the card where we'll talk about that. But you might not agree with the booking decisions, but you'll re- at least respect them, and you will get stuff in the matches that you want. And this match was a perfect example of that. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, just a bit further on that point, like, yes, there there are sometimes moments where we think, oh, why would we do that? That was a bit weird. But then two or three weeks later, you go, oh, God, yeah, I know. So Tony literally makes us look like <laughs> dickheads, you know. Thankfully, it's like a 24-hour news cycle. No one pays any attention. But if you went back and listened to our podcast, they're going to be so embarrassing, especially me. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't know about this Eddie Kingston guy. And then <laughs> six months later, you know my favorite wrestler is Eddie Kingston. Um, speaking of Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho would not fucking shake his hand after losing to Eddie King. Can you believe that? Can you believe that Chris Jericho wouldn't shake Eddie's fucking hand? So and rude. Eddie was so polite about it as well. <laughs> uh, Jericho should be a heel at all times, right? Uh... I don't know. I like I like his I like his swings and roundabouts. Yeah, I mean it's Chris Jericho, so he does everything well. But for me personally, I feel like it's a Matt Jack uh, Matt and Nick Jackson situation where it's like I don't want to ever see you guys' faces ever again. <laughs> yeah, those guys, those guys are definitely better as heels. Uh, Chris is just so enjoyable, and at this influencer top guy, WWE guy. I can't wait to see where he takes this, especially with Eddie, like an ongoing feud with Eddie Kingston. Um, but for a couple of old fellas, this was actually a pretty good wrestling match as well, right? Fucking awesome. Um, starting off with that scary looking half and half bump. Yeah. Uh, right onto Chris's head. Um, but, you know, in the moment I was marking out like crazy, but yeah, it was all, it was all planned. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Really superbly, well, uh, really, really, really well done. Chris is in his best uh, shape of his career, uh, and he's what fifty three or something. I can't mm. remember. Is that, yeah, that fifty three. Wow. Yeah, crazy. The amount, yeah, look. To be fair to you, man, there were a buttload of German suplexes in that match, and I think more than any other uh, move in pro wrestling, that's the one that. Uh, gets my sphincter to tighten is the German suplex because it as much as it looks innocuous, I feel like that's where the most amount of neck damage could happen if it's done incorrectly. Especially the way those guys were throwing each other over their shoulders, it was like Jesus Christ. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, you've got to be really careful about when you release and um, at which point of the of the flip, and hopefully you're trying to get them on the flat of the back, but otherwise it's going to be on the neck or the head. You just mm. never going to happen. Yeah, 
Yeah. Thankfully, it was Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston, so those guys know what they're doing. But uh, yeah, oh, that, scary shit. That, I mean, scary shit at times for sure. Bump that Kingston took to the to the out the outside. Uh, that wasn't a German, but um, I don't think. Um, but he landed like right on his tailbone oh, on yeah, the uh, yeah. on the cement. Well, you know, with a tiny little mat or whatever it is. But shit, that would have hurt. Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Um, we mentioned the Young Bucks in the last match, and they were in the next match. We had Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon uh, versus the Young Bucks for the AW World Tag Team Championships. I love tag team wrestling. I always have. I think AEW does it better than anybody in the world at the moment. You can come at me, New Japan stands. Uh, but it's, uh, I mean, it's a close one race, but I think AEW's division is is pretty sweet, maybe too sweet. <laughs> uh, and um, I thought this match is an example of that. This was obviously a Nick and Matt Jackson booked match because referees don't matter and everyone's running along the top ropes and we're getting three, four, five, six people doing spots at once. But somehow those guys managed to book matches like that and also make you forget that all of those things are happening at the same time and you just walk away going, holy shit. <laughs> Did you enjoy this as much as I can't? Like, Because we both sort of sit there in stunned silence for five hours and then we talk to each other afterwards. So it's hard to get a gauge. <laughs> did you enjoy this match? Oh, I, I did, but um, I, I just wanted to bring up the, the match that led to this. So last week um, was, I can't remember if it was on Rampage or Dynamite. Anyway, um, there was like every tag team that exists in AEW was in the ring at once. It was ridiculous. Oh, the Gauntlet? Battle Royale. Yeah, Battle yeah. Royale. Yeah. yeah. And um, like there was, there was a point where I could hardly see any mat. There were just so many people in the ring. Mm. <laughs> it was in, intense. A little but, follow um, up to that was uh, just sorry to interrupt. Uh, on BTE, we had um, uh, Brandon Cam, Brandon Cutler Cam, <laughs> and because there were so many guys in the ring, there was a lot of sort of Chris Jericho lying on the apron action mm. going on. But yes. they were all giving Brandon little bits of. Uh, little bits of gold oh, nice. while they were waiting for the next spot. So I highly recommend going and watching this week's BTA. It's a long one. It's like half an hour, but it's oh, wow. absolutely worth checking out just for those. Uh, Matt Hardy, very funny man. Very funny. He like comes comes screaming up to Brandon. It's like, put me on BTA. I want to be BTA famous. <laughs> uh, and even that, man, like that helps sell the product just in how much fun they're having. But anyway. I interrupted. The well, Royale. I, I did really enjoy that. I mean, it, it gave it gave um, plenty of the mid carders some some TV time, and um, the finish was was I, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, shows how much uh, Tony thinks of uh, Darius uh, in Top Flight, and uh, so what's, mm. his, what's his brother's name? Martin. Um, Aren't they both Martins? Uh, yeah, but what's his first name? Um, Dante, 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 Dante. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Darius and Dante Martin. And uh, so he's just come back from injury; he hasn't been in uh, wrestling for a year. And then he makes it to the um, the last two in this uh, battle royal. He got kicked in the nuts and then super kicked and uh, lo- 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 loses loses the battle royal. Hmm. That's okay. He's just you know that that the effort that um, uh, he put in was enough to put him over big time and so they, we expected to see a lot more of them um they're bad boys those young bucks they're bad boys aren't so they meant it- to be christian af i mean what happened to them oh really yeah. no, it was a bte thing that they were doing for a while when they were faces it's like we're christian as fuck Uh, anyway, I really enjoyed that. We um, Jurassic Express retained the title, which I was actually you were one hundred percent sure of. I think. Oh I yes. Was, I I thought maybe Red Dragon might might win it, but uh, I was wrong. So, no. 
next, I remember both of us sort of commenting to each other that uh, the face of the Revolution ladder match was going to be pretty hard-pressed to follow up that tag match. And they did a really, really good job of being maybe the most ridiculous wrestling match I've seen for a few months at least. Uh, it was very funny. <laughs> Keith Lee versus Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks, my favourite, versus Orange Cassidy, my other favourite, versus Christian Cage um, versus not CM Punk, Christian Cage. Uh, this Everybody in this match was stupendous. Orange Cassidy, I think, was the MVP of this match. He did some of the best comedic wrestling work I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. Um, and, and with, with some really good support from, uh, from Keith Lee and mm. was it Wardlow or Power Hobbs, I think it was Hobbs, um, like lifting, lifting up uh, so that, uh, he could attempt to grab the brass ring from um, that. Uh, I, I, I legitimately want Keith Lee to have a serious singles run. I really do. I would love to see him as AEW champion, at least TNT champion, but definitely AEW champion at some point. Having said that, couldn't you see a Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy tag team <laughs> where Keith Lee is like the straight man to Orange Cassidy's bullshit shenanigans? Yeah. I, I could absolutely yeah. see that as a... <laughs> I'd dig, dig it. I don't. I wouldn't want to do it now. You know what I mean? Like talk about burying a guy coming across from a company where he got buried. But at some point, I could. The chemistry between uh, Keith Lee and Orange Cassidy was pretty pretty palpable. Speaking of OC, um, he unfortunately was the only um, competitor who suffered an injury. Uh, what we were worried about Ricky Starks yeah. in this match because um, he was uh, uh, bent over really awkwardly when. Um, Wardlow, was it Wardlow? Yeah, it was yeah, Wardlow. Yeah, Wardlow powerbombed him onto a ladder. Onto, onto the suspended ladder. Suspended in space on a rope. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he landed really awkwardly. But thankfully, he's okay. Uh, Orange Cassidy uh, damages his, his uh, shoulder. And so, oh, nothing nice. serious. Just uh, needs some time off. And I'm not sure what this, you know diagnosis is. But, um, yeah, he suffered a shoulder injury. Look, it could be a good thing. Uh, like, the... We've sort of been trained to think that if you get injured, that's the end of your career uh, in the Fed. But it's, I think it's good for wrestlers to get a slight break. And like Orange wasn't being pushed for anything in particular. I mean, he was still being pushed, like putting good matches and stuff. But if he goes away for three months and then comes back, giant pop, maybe Speaking a push for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship uh, with Danhausen in his corner, maybe Warhorse there as well, Tony. Mm-hmm. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of ref wrestlers who have uh, have taken a break for a little while, uh, Miro has just had his contract extended by four years. That's a smart signing. Wow. I mean, that guy's a – yeah, he's everything you want in the heel. He's still young enough to be around for a long time. He loves AEW. Lana will eventually yeah, come into the ask. company as well. I'm sure when Miro reappears, Lana will be next to him. Um, and those two together are gold, absolute gold. I mean, the he was so over in the Fed. Like him and Lana together were so fucking over. I mean, he's wrestling John Cena, coming out in tanks, you know. I mean, yeah. he was massive and he can do that for AEW easily. I think that's a really smart re-signing. Oh, I'm I'm keen to see Lana. So uh, uh, <clears throat> just trying to remember what her name is. CJ, I think it's yeah, CJ. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, Keith Lee looked great. <clears throat> Powerhouse Hobbs is is improving all the time. Christian Cage, obviously, like the one of the innovators of a lad match. But I thought he, I feel like Christian Cage cops a lot of unfair criticism or a lot of unfair sort of meh towards him especially uh, in his AEW run I think it's been great like I, I you know I'm biased because I love Christian I've always loved Christian but you go back and watch that match and the amount of support work that he does <clears throat> in ring for everybody is why everyone loves him in and outside the ring as far as the locker room is concerned um yeah this next match was weird man Jake Cargill versus Tay Conti uh I don't think I really care about either of these guys uh, as wrestlers, that sounds really harsh because I said the same thing about the other girls' match on the card. But 
it's true. Well, um, you know, it's pretty easy to name um, half a dozen uh, women on the roster who you would love to see wrestle each other. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, probably not more than a half a dozen. But um, uh, yeah, look, I'm, uh, I like Tay Conti. I think there's a lot about her um, uh, jujitsu background that can be weaved into stories and, and obviously demonstrated during matches. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to try to cover it up and say, and, 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 and not mention the fact that she's gorgeous. So, you know, mm. that helps. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Look, and Jade Cargill looks freaking amazing. She's just, um, tall and muscular and beautiful. Um, but I'm still yet to, yet to be brought on board. Like there's just, mm. there's something missing. There's something Something about the how f- green she still is yeah. that um, hasn't really struck a chord with me. I think I think there's an attitude in wrestling that if you, I mean, you can't do it all the time, but if you have like a once in a generation powerhouse like she is, that you can book, you can do the Goldberg booking, and it'll just get them over eventually because of the numbers. And there is probably some. There is probably something in that. But what can also happen with that is that there's no story. The The story is that Jay Cargill wins every week. So where's the tension in that? You know, even even in this match where I'm probably being a bit harsh that I don't like you know, saying that I don't like either of these guys. I, I do. I just as soon as both of them walked out to the ring, you're like, well, Jade's going to win. Because that's the story that they're telling. Even more so now is that Jade's a monster and she can't be stopped until they find someone that they want to stop the streak, right? But they're not going to do that for a while. So in the meantime, we just have to sit through Jade Cargill squash match after Jade Cargill squash match. And I don't know if that's going to get her over the same way that it did with Goldberg in WCW, which is obviously where the influence is from as far as the storytelling is concerned. And the thing that they did with Goldberg is they cheated. <laughs> you know what I mean? They cheated. So it wasn't like it seems like Tony wants to do it properly with Jay Cargill and uh, I don't know if it's happening. Also, Goldberg was a, an electrifying magnetic force when he came to the ring and, and took everyone with him, just had an intangible Intensity. Thing. Yeah, and I don't know if Jay Cargill has that. And the, the biggest difference that I can see between the Goldberg run and this is that his matches were about two minutes. Yeah. And he had, you know, three or four moves, and that's pretty much it. That's all he needed. You know, the jackhammer, the spear, um, power bomb, done. Yeah, that was it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's important to that kind of storytelling as well because um, if Jay Cargill keeps winning but her matches go out to 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, then there's an element in people's minds of like, well, well, she's been lucky to get, you know, it's not a forceful thing where she's coming in and dominating and taking those wins because no one can stop her. It's like, oh, well, she's just a good wrestler, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So it's kind of I feel like it's a little confused in what it what well not in what it wants to do it wants to get Jay Cargill over but the way it's happening is a bit it's not working is what I'm saying um yeah anyway Jay Cargill retains she's still the the that bitch strap champion is that what she calls it uh that bitch show I think she says uh well that bitch's strap probably is better you can have that Jade. <clears throat> or just maybe stop using the word bitch, everyone. Um, CM Punk and MJF had some dog collar match. It was fine. Uh, Britt Baker versus... Th- nah, I wouldn't do that to you, Paulie. Uh, um, you want to talk on this match first? <laughs> well, um, I think this was... Uh, this generated the... Uh, loudest noises from me during the night <laughs> at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, look, uh, <laughs> it was a, it was a dog collar match. Um, 
the I don't know uh, how heavy that chain is, but um, it certainly seemed to be quite cumbersome uh, for them to be attached to each other by the neck, and um, uh, it was it was violent, it was bloody, uh, it was a um, highly appropriate and terribly and in a very entertaining way to. Uh, keep this feud going, which is probably the best feud since Hangman and Kenny, I think. Hmm. Um, and potentially, yeah. potential, well, it, um, probably even eclipses that. Uh, probably the best feud that I can think of in the last decade, honestly. It's just, it's been so good. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we, we started off with... Uh, as, as they said in the media scrum, uh, Punk um, paying homage to himself, uh, coming out to the uh, classic Ring of Honor theme of um, uh, AFI. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what the tune's called, but um, yeah. And, um, and wearing the same gear uh, and uh, then ended with... Wardlow finally executing that face turn that we knew was coming. Mm-hmm. And it was a thing of beauty. Yeah. Uh, this, I mean, you talk about storytelling in the ring and this, I feel like it wasn't, uh, this, this is not me talking about it being unenjoyable. I felt like it was a slow burn in the best possible way. I felt like it was, you know, plotted that <clears throat> that way. I mean, I know people could be like, well, they're beating the shit out of each other with a chain, man. It's not that slow. But, um, you know, it, it just felt like it, it incrementally got more and more violent is what I mean by the, you know, throughout the match. Um, I, I just love that. Um, I just love that Punk wants to do this at this age, you know, at this stage in his life. You know, it, it really, to me, really solidifies why he's my favorite wrestler of all time you know is that he loves it he loves it as much as as we do um i've loved mjf since the moment i saw him that's genuinely someone that like from day one i was like oh this guy is phenomenal yeah <laughs> and that's not i just not patting myself on the back i'm not a genius for doing that anyone who said like from everyone who sees him from day one is like that kid is special and uh, this match solidifies that as well. You know, I mean, he was bumping and 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 uh, performing spots with Punk that shows that uh, he also loves wrestling as much as Sam Punk, and uh, maybe even more so because he is prepared to have everybody hate him to do the thing that he loves doing. You know. Um, and there were just all these little homages to Punk's character in Ring of Honor and MJF being that now. Um, I just thought it was amazing. And even little things that could have been much bigger problems like the chain coming off MJF's collar there for a second right at the end when Wardlow came down. And uh, Was it referee Paul Turner that was in the ring with those guys? I think it oh, might have been. I can't remember. Uh, just very calmly picked up the chain and put it back on Max's collar when no one was really paying any attention because it was such a big high point. Um, cause, and I really admired that as well because, you know, AEW have had some moments in big pay-per-views that have gone astray. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you can't, like, not in, please, not in this match have the oh, collar. The exploding barbed wire match. God, yes. <laughs> yeah, the explode. Like the last thing we needed was an exploding dog collar match mm-hmm. for every WWE stand on earth to be like, oh, see, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, so uh, that wasn't cool. I'm sorry, guys, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, this this story, like genuinely, last week, you know, as a joke, I said I could watch this for another six months. I literally could watch this feud for the rest of my life. And I, I don't think I would ever get sick of it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I could have my kids could be like, Dad, seriously, you're into this. You're into CM Punk and MJF coming out of retirement at the ages of 42 after 82 and 72, respectively. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Put them in a cage. Um, 
yeah, I mean, there isn't really much else that we can. There aren't any other superlatives that we can heap onto these two. If you haven't watched this match, to buy the pay per view just because of this, you know, it's. I I just can't understand why you would watch any other promotion on earth. And I could even include, I don't know why I'm having a swipe at New Japan here, but like the storytelling and the in-ring wrestling in AEW is just so far ahead of everybody else at the moment. And, and this is the example of it. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Oh man, being an AEW fan, this rules. Um, <laughs> I think this might've been the spot where we got, uh swerve being announced is that was that after this oh yeah and before the girls tony spoiled it spoiled it for us because ah, we could yeah. read we could read the clipboard <laughs> yeah uh, they're fake contracts as well by the way why are you putting swerve on the front like i know you want details but if you're going to give it to an old man to wave around before he jesus christ tony have a think about it anyway uh, Swerve is, uh, I keep going to call him by his WWE name and I don't want to. That's why I'm just going with Swerve instead. <laughs> um, he is, uh, he got done really weirdly by WWE. They were put in NXT, they were pushing him so hard. Hunter and Sean saw all the potential that he has. He went up to, he had like a death row records gimmick where he was like a hip-hop artist and had three or four other guys with him that uh, were his crew uh, and they would record together and come at kind of a little you know a little bit like um, the acclaimed do like they would rap on the way to the ring and stuff and um, they were great full of charisma and stuff and then they got called up to the big leagues I think they had one episode of raw and then were released the next day God okay uh, but he is he, he could be here it is he could be anything but he legitimately <laughs> he legitimately could he you, you'll see you'll see you'll all see um so that was cool Britt baker versus thunder rosa i really enjoyed this match what the 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 stand in me was very um upset that thunder rosa didn't win <laughs> well, yeah yeah I, I also was but just like I said before, we're surprised about things that happen, but then realize later, oh, I see where they're going. So, so you've got yeah. you've got a theory about when Thunder will win the. Oh, this was I'm just totally totally stole this from uh, from Brian Alvarez. Um, so I'm pretty sure that she lives in Texas. Yeah, and um, they are doing their St. Patrick's Day Slam version of. Dynamite, dynamite, dynamite in Texas, and Ooh. I think he also said that it's her birthday. And uh, completing the uh, well, continuing the story from Revolution, um, the amount of times that Rebel and Jamie Hader interfered. Mm-hmm. Um, has led to this match between Thunder Rosa and and Britt Baker, which is going to be like the I'm pretty sure it's like the rubber rubber match from the lights out, then Revolution, and then this match in Texas will be in a cage. So they will limit the opportunities yeah. for interference. Yeah, Thunder Rosa is going to kick your fucking ass, Britt Baker. It's going to be can, a pleasure you, to watch. You can take that to the bank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brian Alvarez knows what he's talking about. Um, a couple of young kids were given an opportunity on the card next. Uh, someone called Brian Danielson uh, and another young kid called John Moxley. Um, I don't know. I feel like they're a bit green because there was a lot of uh, punching and kicking going on, not a lot of wrestling moves. Um, so I think they probably need to go back to the indies and work on that a little bit. Uh, next yeah. match was... Don't, don't they know you're not allowed to use a closed fist? <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty funny to say. I mean, this match, holy shit. I mean, legit, I think it was a real fight. I think we watched a real fight between Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Uh, these guys are obviously 
uh, well, I don't say well, maybe not obviously, but I feel like they are mates outside of um, outside of the ring, and I feel like when that happens, you get sort of special chemistry inside the ring because the two guys trust each other uh, or girls trust each other quite a bit, and that's what we saw here that these guys were like, yeah, man, just beat the ship, just hit me harder. You know, that's what it felt like this was. Um, so we we got John Moxley beating Brian Danielson in an actual wrestling move, which I liked, because if they do become the faction that I think they will, then John Moxley can always hold that over the greatest wrestler of all time, Brian Danielson. Um, was, was there anything in this match that you, I mean, besides the obvious reveal at the end of uh, William Regal, or Daddy Regal uh, coming down to tell off the boys. <laughs> Is there anything that uh, caught your eye in this match? Uh, look, nothing, nothing specific. It just in general, it was, um, you know, brutal and uh, exactly what I expected from those two guys. Yeah. Um, well, just exactly what you want, exactly what you expect. That's what you get. It's great. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, these guys don't really exist as a thing anymore, as we um, discussed at the beginning of the podcast. But uh, Andrade, El Idolo, uh, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy versus Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and Sting. And again, this was a match where I was like, <clears throat> I don't care about this. I mean, there are people in the match that I do really like, but I was like, oh, this story, I don't know if it's been told that great and... Uh, I'm not really into it. And then it, this was a, this match was mental. <laughs> oh god, yeah. I think you've got you. Did you have three spots of the week in the one match? Like, you, I feel like you rewrote Two. your spots of the week <laughs> like 18 times throughout <laughs> the course of this match. Uh, no, I just 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 twice. The, the first one was from the um, pre-show where Penta did his um, uh, double um, destroyer. Uh, and yeah, hit hit. Um, I think hit uh, Buddy Matthews first, and then uh, Malachi back um, on the, the on the second flip. It was pretty pretty intense. Mm. But the uh, the two that I picked up from from this show, one was uh, Sammy doing a sent on onto Isaiah Cassidy through a table, but then the ninety three year old Sting <laughs> yeah. diving off the. Uh, off the bleachers through, well, they said three tables during the broadcast, but I watched a repeat and it was um, that there were two side by side and there was a third one on top of one of those. So he went through the one that was on top of one of those and um, and, uh, and and ended up getting sort of crushed in the rubble of the rest with, I'm not sure who he, who he landed on, but just simply that an elderly man like that would do it was that. Andrade that took the bump, I think. <laughs> yeah. Wow! Yeah, great. Yeah, uh, and 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 even just like you were saying a minute ago that you you weren't really into it. Well, now we see from uh, from today's dynamite outcome, it was leading to something. <laughs> yeah, no, God, I already know that, and I said it anyway. I feel like such a fucking idiot. Uh, anyway, I mean, it, again, an amazing match, and with the people involved, I shouldn't be surprised. But it just Sometimes the storytelling doesn't stick with me as much as others do and, and this sort of Darby, you know, Darby and Sammy sort of... Any story where there's sort of two faces who respect each other, I'm like, eh. <laughs> I'm not into... I don't know. I want I want a moustache twirling bad guy and I want a good guy with a halo, you know. that's Call me old-fashioned, but that's what I want. And uh, speaking, I mean, that's exactly what I got in the World Championship match. The biggest douchebag of all time, Adam Cole, baby. Uh, I don't really feel that way. Uh, versus Hangman, Adam Page, the greatest champion of all time uh, in what was, a again, a pretty hard-hitting match. Um, and I was almost 100% sure that Adam Cole was going to win. Paul, did he win? He did not. But um, this was Adam. <laughs> that was Adam. 
Fight for Adam. <laughs> this is Adam made me laugh so hard. The crowd was so funny. <laughs> um, uh, my challenge for uh, any of the WrestleWolf listeners who are involved in those kind of shenanigans over the states, and we do have a vast majority of our listeners are American, uh, if you can get some kind of um, English football chants happening, like the old NXT British takeovers, uh, like, we love you, Bailey, that kind of thing, uh, I would love to. That's the next element. That's what we've – AEW fans are going to take it to the next level. And football chants, I think, is where it's at. Hey, dude, my battery is dying, so I am just going to run downstairs and grab my charger. Oh, well, we're going to – we can wrap up anyway. Um, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're at, we're at the end. I mean, it was a great match and blah, 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 blah. So, um, yeah. We'll wrap it up there because Paul's computer is about to die. Uh, <clears throat> thank you for supporting the podcast. Uh, if you would like to help us, rate and review. Give us a five-star uh, review. But until next time, brother dudes, may your wrestling be good wrestling. And his, his name, name is, is Anthony, Anthony Bowens. Bowens.